This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. To Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 7, Episode 13, Los Dias de las Espadas. And let's start it off with some announcements. Psych, there are no announcements. Except for that, we love you. Thanks for listening. We'll have some announcements for you guys next week, but for this week, all is quiet on our front. And with that, we will move directly into Words with the GM. Hi. Hello, GM. Hi. This Words with the GM Hi. is about Series 7, Episode 12, Commerce and Conflict. So we actually got a couple of questions about Brute Squads after last episode. Um, we've been kind of collecting them, and uh, we've caused enough confusion that we have to admit it. We homebrewed. Uh, so rules is written, uh, Brute Squads actually act more like consequences uh, than they don't roll and they can't avoid damage because they've rolled no raises. So they have no raises to spend. And uh, they always go at initiative zero. And at that time, any brute squads left um, may take an action, uh, including attacking, running away, a special ability if, a, if the GM has like a danger point to spend, um, or really anything the, uh, the GM wants them to do that's within their purview. Uh, and then they, if they do take the attack action, they deal the amount of wounds uh, that there are brutes in the given squad. When we started out uh, playing 7C and figuring out how the system worked, I eventually figured out that they were supposed to work the way that I just said. Um, but then when I applied it to our, our test games, uh, it wasn't really gelling with the way that the people that were sitting at my table were playing. Um, I had a bunch of fighters and duelists and people with advantages who could take care of a brute squad in a swish and a flick um, or a lunge, if you will. So I ended up having a pretty hard time figuring out how I wanted to do brute squads because most of the time what I want uh, to do is uh, present as close as possible to the rules as written so you guys can learn what the system intends. Luckily, we were on our way to Gen Con when I kind of when all of this kind of hit a fever pitch and we decided to play at a 7C table at Gen Con. The GM who ran for us actually had a, a very similar system to the one that uh, uh, we play with uh, during the series and um it ended up being that like I stole a lot of what he added to brute squads in order to make them work with my players and, and at my table a little bit more smoothly. Uh, my brute squads actually roll uh, the number of brutes uh, in the squad 
in dice for their initiative. So if it is a five-man brute squad, they'll roll five dice for initiative. And if I'm feeling particularly spicy, I'll throw in a danger point uh, and let them use 15s, much like villains. Uh, And because my brute squads have raises, they go in turn order, just like my players. My brute squads also uh, can spend raises to block attacks, which raises the stakes for PCs. It it basically makes the brute squads have kind of like a higher potency. They're more lethal because they can hit more than once uh, in a round. They're more dynamic because they can change targets or actions in between times when they spend raises. And uh, they're more bang for your villain's buck. Though the one drawback to how I do it is that it does um, extend combat because you can't just lunge um, you, uh, and and because there's more of a back and forth and there's different tactics and there's a lot more um, improvising going on, uh, it changes the way that the the combat flows and it does flow a little slower even if it's more uh, dynamic. So what it, what the kind of takeaway from this uh, little bit of an unorthodox words with the GM is um, if you pick up a system and uh, you as the GM don't like how things work or feel like you are having a hard time understanding it, go to another table. Uh, go to a con or listen to an actual play, hint, hint, essential NPCs, uh, or watch a Twitch stream, steal the best stuff that you find and drop the worst stuff that you hate, the stuff that doesn't work for your table, you know, figure out how do you want to do this? And uh, that's the absolute best thing for your table for you to keep learning and evolving your game uh, to keep everybody on their toes. And the thing to always keep in mind is there's no wrong way to play. If everyone at the table is having fun and understands what's going on, adapting rules or stealing them uh, to meet your specific table's needs, totally acceptable. Nothing says that you have to play exactly rules as written. Homebrew is a lot of fun sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like that's enough. I'd like to learn what your favorite part is. I really liked the whole scene with the blacksmith. Uh, good brand coming in and actually showing that he has some pretty good chops when it comes to like negotiating and stuff. What with his dad being in the Vendel League and everything, apparently he, he kind of inherited a little bit of that, and that was cool to see. I also just got a huge kick out of the moment where Good Brand's been talking uh, with the shopkeep uh, in Eisen for a little bit, and then uh, both he and the shopkeep turn to look at Bastion and Mateo. And uh, they're just kind of awkwardly standing there. Bastion's a little delayed and smiling. And then Mateo's just like, sword. <laughs> 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 uh, I just I just really liked uh, I really liked them, both of them just kind of sitting there waiting to like have good brand tell them what's going on. I, I don't know. It was a it was a fun image for me. And the scene in general was just like very entertaining. Yeah, that is a really good moment. I love that part. Uh, what about you? What was your favorite part? If you guys didn't know already, uh, I really love uh, Senora Corazon. I think she's got a whole lot of attitude. Um, <laughs> My mom's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I think she's pretty great. And, um, you know, she's trying to 
at at when she's taking care of Gutbrand and and then Mateo comes in uh and she's like kind of like does a little sick burn uh on on Mateo for like uh being upset uh and I, and I liked kind of that like tigress mama bear kind of like uh <laughs> attitude I thought that was great and the consolation prize for my favorite moment for this episode actually has to go to Kirill's interaction with the Avalonian like dock merchant middleman guy, uh, mostly because I had so much fun playing that with Nick and like muttering along with him and stuff like that. I thought all of that was like just so much fun to do. Um, and I think it turned out pretty well to listen to as well. Uh, yeah, I was laughing a lot at that part. Uh, but we kind of left on a bit of a cliffhanger uh, in the last episode. I don't know. M- someone who looks a lot like Matteo is talking to Matteo and he's like a duelist and pretty cool looking. And I want to get to know who this person is. Maybe he's related to him somehow. So uh, without further ado, let's move on in and listen to Series 7, Episode 13, Los Dias de las Espadas. Enjoy. I am Bastion Corazon. I hail from the Castilian city of Odysseia, home of the duelist tournament known as the Festival of Swords. Watching swordmasters all over the world compete inspired me at a very young age to take up the blade. Once I was old enough, I joined the Explorer Society as a means to travel to Avalon and study under the masters of the Skaldas Klisa style. However, earning entry to the duelist guild was not enough for me. I have spent nearly two decades since traveling the world, testing my blade against masters and villains alike. Most recently, I have found myself aboard a pirate ship, accompanying a man I consider a brother, Goodbrand Strandbella, on his journey to Numa to uncover lost artifacts. One day I hope to truly master the way of the sword, unlock his secrets, and eventually settle down and found a duelist academy to teach a style of my own making. Until then, I will continue to travel the world and learn what I can the way I know best. Crossing blades with skilled duelists brave enough to face me. Good friend Strandavella, and it is very good to meet you. Please don't be too alarmed from my appearance. I am a Skald Vala, a keeper of runes, a finder of lore, a protector of the legacy of Vestan Manavanyar. This may seem like a lofty title, but I promise modern Vestans appreciate far more the achievements of their fighters and their merchants. With the founder of a notable merchant's guild for a father, and a mother whose dueling skills are renowned across Thea, I have quite a bit to live up to. Nothing made this more clear than my parents' obvious adoration of Bastian. Today I call him brother, but when my mother first took him into our home for training, I admit my jealousy of his easy demeanor and obvious skill with the weapon. It was this skill that cemented us as a team, working for our respective societies. For the first time, he has taken me away from my home country, on a path that may lead me to the fabled 13th rune, and with it, the immortality of my name. Ahoy, I am Captain Kirill Tikvintimovich, strongest man in there. <laughs> you believe? <laughs> Maybe strongest. Who is to say? My past is unimportant. Now, I am captain of the iceberg. 
She is a very good vessel, silent as the grave, and sturdy enough to sail in dangerous waters others won't follow. Excellent for smuggling. I make certain modifications myself after I steal her from Atabian Trading Company, not Kill's biggest fans. About two years ago, I am finding Stowe, uh, who is nephew of Vodachi Merchant Prince, a man who hires me to smuggle relics. The boy is young, but sharp as tattoo needle. He pays Kirill well to pocket artifacts he likes uh, before they are reaching uncle, and so we are in business. However, coin is not enough. Everyone I am allowed to sailing on the iceberg has their uses. <laughs> Matteo di Caligari, at your service. You may have heard of me. Certainly my uncle is a merchant prince of Odachi, but I am constructing a legacy of my own as a renowned archaeologist for the Explorer's Society. Ever since I was a boy, I have loved to watch my uncle's smugglers deliver ancient artifacts from all over the world. As I matured, I loved even more to skim a few off the top for my own personal study. At thirteen, my uncle took notice of my mental, if not material, acquisitiveness and sent me to University and Lyceum in Castile, from which I graduated in a prodigious two years, making only minimal enemies in the process. After the completion of my studies, instead of returning home on Capitano Kirill's vessel, I stowed away to sail straight to the source of my desires, the occult ruins of the mysterious Sirna. By age 16, our mutually profitable arrangement brought us to Vestin Menavignar, where the Explorer Society connected us with the duelist Bastian, the Valaskald Gudbrand, and a lead that would change the course of our fates forever. The last time we left our heroes, they had traveled to the Castilian town of Odysseus so that Bastian could participate in the Festival of Swords. While there, they reconnected with some old friends as well as made some new acquaintances, uh, some of which were very fruitful in their endeavors to find the second icon, um, and some were not so much. Consequently, they faced off with the Inquisition, who were coming for Gutbrand and his heretical magic doing. And now, uh, having dispatched them, or at least rebuffed them for the time being, the heroes uh, are participating in the third day of the festival, the Day of the Tokens, where the duelists face off to gain one of the 20 tokens that allows entry into uh, the fourth day and major competition of the Festival of Swords. Gutbrand made a rousing speech extolling the merciless technique that Bastian employs in his dueling, perhaps dissuading those of a lesser constitution from facing, uh, facing him for his token. Kirill had yet to acquire a token yet, as he hadn't yet found someone to face off with. And uh, Matteo, while watching Gutbrand's... Um, energetic speech, uh, was approached by a stranger in a white cloak, uh, whose eyes look very similar to Mateo's. What does your heart tell you? My mother loved a man, had eyes like yours. She sighs for him still sometimes. I often wondered what kind of man he was. Perhaps a man much maligned, nothing but loving a woman above his caste. 
that much I had heard. But I knew he was a man of valor, a man of strength and cunning and skill. I found out only recently that he was, and I flipped my lapel to reveal I'm wearing my father's pin. He was once the sword of Castile. You look like a man trying to achieve the same goals. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, this. I had often feared that if I met him, I would disappoint him, that I do not follow the same path. In Vodachi, it is from birth we are told that our, our father's destiny determines our own. We will do what our fathers did and what their fathers did. Growing up without a father, one tends to find fathers in strange places. And I look around the plaza to see a limping, runic storyteller, a giant Russian, a giant Usuran pirate shaking commoners down for healing tokens. Fight me, you coward! And Bastian, who kind of reminds me of this guy, honestly. (laughs) This is more of a costume than anything. My pursuits have been my own. My path has been my own. I have spent my life seeking and not finding. It, of course, is none of my business, but uh, seeking the heart of the Nisois girl may not bring you what you desire. Just know that it is a treacherous path that you may walk. And he, like, puts a hand on your knee as he, like, stands up and, like, uh, then, like, pats you on the back <laughs> and uh, begins to set off towards Bastion. I, uh, I follow. I stand in his way. And I'm like, wait, you do not know what this man is capable of. I suppose I do not know what you are capable of. I step out of the way. And I let him go. <laughs> Bastian, a uh, uh, man with, uh, in a white fencer's cape, uh, comes up uh, and stands a few paces away from you and uh, raises his sword to you. I pocket the token I've been twirling between my fingers. Uh, and uh, I look at him and I go, it's about time somebody had the stones to square up with me. Uh, and I, I salute to him as well. Stones are not required if you have confidence. Uh, I agree. I like this man. All right. Uh, what's your approach? I duel. <laughs> <laughs> How many raises did you get? Uh, I have seven raises. Cool. Quicker than you can move, uh, this white-caped man... Um, flicks his wrist and hooks his sword into your guard uh, and tries to um, disarm you. And so he's going to spend two raises to apply pressure. I, I, will, I will not cancel that. I will let him knock the sword out of my hand. Okay. Your sword flies up into the air and clatters uh, a few feet away. I gasp. Uh, I stumble back surprised. As you do, he takes his, uh, his, his forearm and sort of like pushes it up and into your chest. 
uh, bashing you as you sort of like uh, end up falling even even more backwards, really being off balance. Uh, and then uh, while you're off balance, he takes his sword and he slashes you. For how much damage? Five. Uh, it is your turn. So as he's, he hits me in the face uh, and I stumble back, he moves to a slash across my, my, uh, my gut, and I just barely pull my dagger out from my belt, and I will spend a hero point to flawless execution repost um, as I uh, barely pull the, uh, the sword over me and then try to stab him. But because I'm so off balance from the bash, I actually do not believe I do any damage to him. So I do four wounds, but his bash reduces my damage by five, yes? Yes. Uh, and then I will uh, take a second to try to get him off balance, and I will bash him as well, uh, spending a raise to do so. Uh, so the next time he deals damage, it is reduced by four. Okay. So your sword um, flies into the air, and as his strike comes to hit you, you um, bring your dagger up to defend yourself. And in so doing, he, as he uh, retracts his attack, you uh, flip your, your dagger in your hand and slash at him, uh, just catching his cape and, and uh, slashing it so the bottom half hangs loosely behind him. And then I punch him. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you bring your sword hand up, your main hand up, and just like, punch him in the face, like clock him a good one. And, and he actually takes a step back to uh, regain his senses and reposition. I, uh, I uh, assume a, stand, a fighting stance with my dagger and I smile. This is a good fight. So as he brings him, like brings his sword back to sort of the position where it rests uh, vertically in front of his face, he uh, he takes a, a step forward, a half step forward, uh, um, fainting as you sort of uh, go to parry it, but uh, do so in error, leaving yourself a little open. I almost fall for the faint, but uh, I use the opportunity to um, swing around the side that he is fainting uh, away from uh, and get uh, in close enough to hit him with my dagger. Uh, and I will use a hero point to flawless execution slash at him for four wounds. Uh, and then I will spend a uh, raise to do my salmon leap maneuver as he spins around to meet me where I've gotten in close to him. And I will do a flip over him and try to cut at his shoulder as I do. And that deals an additional three wounds. A cheer goes up from the crowd. Yeah, get him, brother! <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Yeah. So as you um, move in and slash, he's he uh, sort of spins to meet you and you uh, lop off the rest of the cape that you had already cut as it flutters to the ground and, and your knife scrapes across uh, his back. And then you leap into the air over him in a feat of acrobatics that... Only a few people know, and you just flick your knife. And as you land, uh, you see just a little bit of red bleeding into that white 
uh, right on his shoulder above his collarbone where you nicked him. I assume I, I land and I spin around and he is about to finish me off. <laughs> this uh, is the last ditch effort. I have no defense once once I land on the ground. Uh, once you land on the ground, he uh, he's actually got his sword uh, placed deftly right in between your ribs, uh, in between like your third and fourth rib. Uh, but he stops uh, with the precision of a, of a master duelist and takes a step back and bows. I stand up and I, I try not to look super surprised as I look at the little bit of blood on my dagger. Uh, and I, I uh, salute him with my dagger. <laughs> and I bow as well. And I walk up to shake his hand. And I say, what is your name, friend? You are an expert swordsman. Shamash Bell. Take care of my son. My eyes go wide as I'm shaking his hand. My, my firm grip becomes a little flaccid in his hand. <laughs> and as I turn to Mateo, like eyes wide, mouth open. Uh, as you turn back around to see him, the man in white, who should be very plain to see in a crowd of dark browns, reds, blues, and blacks, uh, has vanished. Wait, where did he go? I do not know. What? That was your father. I know, I just, we had a little thing going, and then he came over to you, and then now he is gone again. Ah! I, I rushed around the crowd, tried to find him. Uh, the same. Yeah, you, you do not. Yeah. Um, and you are actually stopped in your search by another challenger, who you defeat handily. Out of my way! <laughs> <laughs> The Bastion, that was a hell of a battle. I nearly lost it. It, it was, I believe I got a little lucky. If, uh, if I had missed that last uh, maneuver, leaping over him, it would have been the end of, of the duel and he would have my token. Oh, but the leap is your bread and butter. I'm not they, surprised. They never expected. That's why I, I like the, uh, the Scottish Clisa style. Uh, <laughs> but you spoke with your father. He's, he's going to be, a, he's not leaving town. He's here for no, the festival. But he came to give me dire warnings about uh, Niswa, uh, uh, Caroline Niswa, uh, and, and then walked away. Ah, Cryptic Asherites. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is he doing showing up for one moment in my life and disappearing immediately? He may be working at a larger, uh, with a larger picture. I, f- I have a feeling we will see him again. And I, but I a- want to see him now. I put a hand on Mateo's shoulder and go, Patience. The best things in life are worth waiting for. Remember that. They come in their time. Your father will reveal himself again. And I pat him on the cheek. <laughs> I, I, I make sure my sword is okay <laughs> Your sword is just fine Yeah, I, I continue to, uh, to partake in whatever duels Walk around, defend my token as, as is necessary Okay, so uh, you soundly defeat many uh, underskilled Perhaps new combatants uh, for your token uh, And... S- and uh, soon uh, they stop coming for you. Uh, you have, uh, later in the day, um, you have a few um, harder, uh, more like more difficult duels that are, are much more fulfilling. And then uh, the last one before uh, you break for supper is actually a, a very fine duel 
between you and uh, Roland. But as always, you beat him. <laughs> In the crowd, I hear whispers. Oh, is that Bastian? Oh, I hear he is merciless. Oh, <laughs> Watch him fight. He's incredible. I, I play with I play with Roland a little bit. It's more just a game when he and I fight. Y- you're you're sure that he'll find a token. He always seems to. What are the rest of you guys doing? Uh, I think I am wandering the city, uh, watching duels, trying to find my father again. You're very smart, so you know that he probably you aren't going to find him unless he wants to be found. Yeah, but your but heart won't st- let you stop searching. That doesn't make me stop trying. <laughs> Uh, good friend uh, is following Bastian around, watching his uh, duels, seeing how his new reputation fits him. Uh, but then is soon distracted by uh, Kirill uh, just randomly uh, uh, accosting strangers. <laughs> <laughs> you fight with Kirill. <laughs> you fight with Kirill. <laughs> it is much more entertaining. I've seen Bastian fight a million times. Bastian, do you have token yet? Oh yes, I I uh, I got one earlier today. Ah. Oh, you're fine. Do you have spare? I don't. I do not have a spare. It does not work like that. Are you? You're trying to find someone to fight? Yes. I briefly contemplate telling Kirill no, that he's not a good idea, and then I shut my stupid mouth <laughs> and I I look around the crowd and, and I point at someone and go, I I think he has a token. Kirill. And if you challenge them to a duel. They have to accept to defend their token. I'm actually surprised you've missed everyone with a token this, uh, thus far. Perhaps they are avoiding Kirill. <laughs> I turn and barrel through the crowd towards <laughs> this uh, person Bastion has pointed out. Uh, sure. It's a, it's a slight man with uh, dark brown hair, no mustache. Um, <laughs> and um, he's wearing a, a bright... Uh, like sapphire colored doublet. I push people aside. I draw out my giant claymore with one arm. I point it towards this sapphire man. I say, you, dual kill. <laughs> but of course. And he, he flourishes out his blade in a, with his uh, left hand sort of like splayed out behind his head and uh, his right hand pushing forward towards you. I mock him and take same stance using Claymore as repair. <laughs> <laughs> and then I drop it and grin. He looks uh, confused for a second and then he, he sort, of, uh, sort of shrugs and laughs in a, in a careless sort of way. And, uh, and um, yeah, what's your approach? I'm going to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, so that's Brawn and Brawl. How many raises? Uh, five with one remainder. Okay, you go first. Uh, I'm going to punch him very hard. I will use all raises for Haymaker Maneuver. Uh, he takes five wounds and loses half his raises. <laughs> <laughs> Before this guy can actually uh, flick his sword at you, you just barrel up to him, which is very disconcerting for a fencer who really, sort. it's sort of like... Um, fighting only with the tip of your sword. Uh, you just, like, push his rapier aside and, like, clock him in the jaw. He'll spend his one remaining raise to, like, dodge it a little. Sees, realizes what's happening and, like, moves his head out of the way just a little bit so you sort of scrape up the side of his face with your uh, with your uppercut. And, uh, and he, like, stumbles backwards, like, very dazed and his... 
body wide open. Uh, and we roll again. What's your approach? I'm going to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, six, one remainder. He has yet to uh, regain his balance from just like being clocked in the face with your giant fist. Uh, and uh, while he's a little dazed, you could go again. I'm going to use six races for Haymaker Maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> Punch him in stomach uh, and he loses half his races. Uh, so he, he brings up his sword to push uh, to like injure your arm and, and push your your hand aside, but it's too late, and you connect once again with your off hand. So he's literally lifted off the ground, not um, totally laid out, but uh, the 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 momentum of your fist uh, in the bottom of his jaw actually lifts him from the ground, uh, and uh, when he sort of like stumbles back, he uh, brings his hand up to his face and uh, looks up at you and his eyes are wide and he tries to like not open his mouth um, but eventually he does and he sort of like spits blood and he goes that was a good tool (laughs) (laughs) thank Uh, you you were not so bad yourself and he flips you his token and leaves he's like very like you've Pruned a peacock for <laughs> sure. I hold it up from a cost square. Go, Bastion! And give him that. <laughs> Capitan! <laughs> uh, I forget Claymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just bought this sword. And he picks it up and he just kind of like hefts it over his shoulder and follows Carol. Yeah. So, Carol, as the day goes on, a few people come up to you and, and challenge you. A lot of uh, the sort of like weaker people come up to you and sort of think, well, he doesn't even have a sword, so obviously I can beat him. And like you end up punching them in the face or like <laughs> things that just like totally throw them off balance uh, because you don't have a sword. And uh, you end up just like winning. There's a. Uh, Definite novelty to your having a token, but none of the sort of like expert duelists seem to be coming up to you uh, to fight you. You're you're dealing with not necessarily the riffraff, but sort of the like middle grade duelists who uh, haven't yet like really refined their craft. A couple of them just like outright like I challenge lunge. Uh, and you, you like, they stab you a little bit and like you sort of laugh it off. And then when they're close enough, just like punch them in the face or in the gut or in the nads or like wherever you feel like at the time, do your jovial laugh. And now you've got sort of like a fun following of people. Like as you go, just like they love, like usually the festival of swords is like a very serious (laughs) affair. Uh, like of, of like true skill and like, uh, the clash of blades of any weapon kind of going up against each other with these quick tactical fights and your style of just like, I don't stand on circumstance. I'm going to punch you in the face really has been very effective and, uh, has, has the novelty of it has drawn this crowd that is literally following you around. Do you guys join back up for dinner? Mateo, I know you've been wandering the streets, uh, observing the fights and, and looking for your father. Do you do you rejoin your your, yeah, your I companions? Do. I do. Uh, so, yeah, you guys uh, sit down to dinner. 
not at the the uh, family homestead, as it were, but instead um, out. Uh, having dinner at home would be sort of bad form because people wouldn't necessarily, if they're polite, <laughs> wouldn't necessarily come to your home and challenge you to a duel. If they're polite, they will not interrupt dinner either. <laughs> well, Are they going to interrupt dinner, Bastian? Not if you have any sense about them. I am loving this variety, but everything is such small portions. <laughs> At least they keep bringing it. Uh, outside of the tavern, uh, there's a fairly large crowd comprised of fanboys and girls of uh, Kirill's and Bastian's. Bastian, because there's a bit, a lot of like chatter about how he might just win the tournament. And Kirill's, because people don't know what to think. And he's very excited. <laughs> um, you know, things you pick up from the crowd is like, look at these tattoos. I heard they move. <laughs> like, And then like, he's going to win, I think. Oh, no. He, he surely he cannot beat. <laughs> There's uh, occasional skirmishes break out in the middle of the groups as, uh, as they, they argue over who will win, uh, who could win in a match, uh, Kirill versus Bastian. Um, and uh, they're actually making like quite a bit of noise trying to like jostle and look around uh, at you guys, which you're just trying to eat in peace. You finish up your meal and uh, your uh, waiter slash tavern owner offers you uh, an exit through the, the kitchen if you like. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> we give the people what they want to see. <laughs> we wade through the crowd. <laughs> sure, you do. Yes, thank you. Thank you. No, I am going to win this year. Yes. No, thank you. No. Very old friends. <laughs> oh, yes, I could take him. I could beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you wade through the streets. And um, as you do... The crowd parts around two men uh, with swords drawn. Uh, Bastian, you've never seen these people before, or you at least you can't recall them. And uh, Kirill, mm, you might have seen that guy before. He's got a mustache, but a lot of people have mustaches. <laughs> uh, and his larger friend as well. Oh, gentlemen, hello. Uh, would you please step aside? We are looking to find duelists. <laughs> I told you we will challenge you, and I challenge you now, and I challenge you. And they, like, face off sort of together towards the two of you. <gasps> I, I, I look over to Kiro, I look back at them, and I go, all right, if you insist. And the crowd goes wild, like, yeah! <laughs> As a double, unprecedented double duel is going to happen. <laughs> So we're not actually going to go into an action sequence. You okay. guys are going to beat them handily. But I'd like to, you can you can chime in. Like, you guys can, basically, they're going to give you, there's going to be a couple of cheap shots where, like, someone's going to flourish and, like, punch <laughs> punch Bastion in the face. Uh -huh. uh, and, and like, with, like, a, or, like, pommel, pommel him and Kittle stuff like style. that. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it, they're trying to make it an unfair fight to beat. Bastion, basically a 2v1 with you like interrupting them. I think early into the fight, I realized what, are, what their intentions are. And 
and I probably like jump back at one point uh, as I like parry and, and say, you two made a mistake. You miscalculated. And I step behind Capitan Kiro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is a fun way for a fight to continue. You you leap in, get in jabs and thrusts, then fall behind Kiro, who they <laughs> don't approach. Exactly. <laughs> as, uh, as they try to get around Capitan Kiro to get to me, I just, you know, dart around the other side. Over here now and poke him and then dart around the other side. I'm over here now. Poke him. And, uh, and toy with them a little bit uh, until I finally uh, uh, cut one of their legs and then push one of them over to Kiro for him to smash his face in. <laughs> mustache man. I, I push mustache man over towards Kiro. Oh, yes. I lift him up and just thrust him into ground. Uh, and then I step back and I salute and go, good duel, gentlemen, <laughs> and step over them. So honorable. Yes. Did you see that? I tickle his mustache a little bit. <laughs> Oh, an insult. Did you see that? I love Kiro. <laughs> oh, I do it until he sneezes. Uh, the evening goes on with, again, a few more challengers as you make your way uh, through the streets. Uh, I was kind of maybe a little sullen during dinner. And I think after this spectacle, uh, I peel off from the group and I... I go a little maybe toward the nicer part of town. I am looking maybe to find um, Marcel Nessois. And as the organizer of the festival, it would look strange if he were not uh, attending and watching a few of the, um, the duels. I want to see if I can find him and his entourage. One of the cafes uh, along the Plaza del Sol is uh, lit up and sort of like official looking as far as like um, to- uh, bathed in tournament colors with like fabrics draped on the uh, fence outside. Uh, and they're sitting at a table uh, finishing up his meal is um, Marcel, uh, Caroline and um Two other women, one of whom you recognize as Amelie. And Isabel is at a table of her own a little further away. Okay. Well, I will, I will, I will walk up and I say, Ah, good evening, headmaster. I hope I am not interrupting. But of course, uh, come, uh, Matteo, uh, please uh, join us. Uh, and I do. I think I place him between myself and Caroline. But I smile to Caroline. Uh, she, I, maybe, she smiles maybe, back. Maybe, maybe a wink. Uh, surreptitiously. You hear a little, a light like thunk under the table as like Amelie makes eye contact with Caroline. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, uh, she is everyone's assistant, I see. <laughs> but uh, how have you failed today, Matteo? Oh, fine enough. I've met a lot of interesting characters. Uh, despite my uh, look, I have not actually been competing at all. I, uh, I am not actually here to try my steel, uh, but rather to observe the festivities. Uh, I feel that uh, after my field research is complete, I may be spending a lot more time in Odyssea, and I thought I should get to know the local color. That is a great pursuit. Uh, of course, we have a study of uh, weaponry and swords here at the university. If you are uh, searching for a, another course of study to add to your list of academic proficiencies. Yes, uh, the only elective I did not excel in to my recollection. But if there is anything that you need help with, assistance, any uh, trouble I can help solve, uh, I would be happy to perhaps begin um, 
voluntarily taking on some of these organizational duties. I, I feel it may be useful to have in the future. A wise man is the one that uh, does not accept help when offered. Amalie may, uh, may be proficient, but uh, a man of your great intellect, obviously he can help as well. This uh, frees Amalie up to uh, do other things that uh, she must get to. Is that not right, Amalie? Oui, professeur. Uh, you flatter me, of course, but I would be happy to lighten Amelie's load, I say, smiling the most genuinely at her. <laughs> you do get sort of a, a sort of a best friend eye roll. <laughs> so what have you seen today in your in your study of our great city? The tiny plates of never-ending food, I must say. <laughs> uh, really an excellent innovation. But beyond that, um, duels of honor, duels of dishonor, the dishonorable thwarted, uh, and a, new, a popular newcomer who, uh, uh, brash and bold, doesn't uh, dispenses with the um, uh, minutiae of dueling and goes straight for the... Uh, Straight for the blood, wherever he can beat it out of someone. The puncher, yes, I have heard of him. <laughs> he has gained quite a following among the common folk. The punching crab, he is called. <laughs> yes, we have uh, thoroughly reviewed the rules and there is nothing against punching because, of course, there are more than a few... Uh, Studies that use a blade as well as the fist. Those are, have been complaints. Uh, we think that uh, if he is able to retain his token, he will shortly lose it uh, when he loses his fight. He will no doubt be sorted out eventually. I am glad we are of one mind. <laughs> that we are in all things as we have been. And then the the church or the church bell like strikes ten, and he goes uh, and he turns his attention away from you. Isabelle, please uh, escort uh, mon petit uh, fille uh, back to our quarters. Uh, unfortunately, uh, she has, uh, has a curfew of sorts. Ah. But please, uh, if you wish, you may, may stay and keep me company. Yes, of course. W whatever problems, whatever troubles you, do not hesitate to let me know. I am at your service. And uh, Isabel gets up from the table two tables away and... Uh, Waits for Caroline, and uh, Caroline gets up and uh, sort of sadly uh, says, uh, says adieu and um, heads, heads back to the, uh, her, her home. Yeah, I say goodnight to her and I, I make like a blank-faced eye contact with uh, Isabel and I say, take care of her. Of course I will. What do you think I am? Nothing but an excellent bodyguard. She, she sort of like, sh like wobbles her head in a, in a like, Almost gracious nod, <laughs> uh, and then uh, escorts Caroline uh, with a hand on the small of her back uh, towards towards the exit of the tavern. Uh, I I turn to the headmaster. She's a brusque type. An interesting choice to guard your uh, your noble daughter. The best kind of help is uh, the proficient kind, but also the kind that perhaps does not have a choice. No choice. No choice, but who would not choose to protect your daughter? There are some who wish not to take the risk. And also, uh, she is more than proficient uh, at her one skill of fighting and uh, uh, able to defend uh, Monfi. Mm, but she owes you something. 
Me? Well, I suppose everything. But, yes, I have helped her from a situation uh, only to have her in my employ. Is it wise to keep criminals in your employ? When they are female, perhaps. That I have nothing to say to. <laughs> uh, she has no reason to hurt my daughter. Of course. Who would? A man. With the wrong intentions, I imagine so. So, uh, enough about the, the marcher. Mm-hmm. Let us talk about more interesting things. <laughs> I was just speaking to Amelie about her uh, uh, thesis proposal. Uh, I would like to hear what you think. Oh, I would be happy to give feedback. <laughs> yeah, uh, we do. <laughs> we talk science. <laughs> so you, you talk the night away at uh, the stroke of midnight. He excuses himself to retire. Amelie follows. Uh, do you guys get up to anything in the interceding hours? Um, no. If there is no one else who is uh, a worthy duelist, I will hold on to my token with pride. And uh, once it hits midnight, I will go to sleep. Because if I still have a token at midnight, then I have a very big day tomorrow. <laughs> uh, the same. If I if no one else approaches, I I keep it. I I, I like token. I uh, tie it into uh, locks of hair uh, and sleep soundly. Great, Matteo. Do you also return to the Jenny's hall? I do. Um, when we are at the Jenny's hall, I will check in. Uh, to see if uh, anything has come from my uh, from Matteo and my uh, request for information. It's been a couple of days. I thought maybe they have found something out. Uh, just touching base and seeing. Yeah. So uh, from the from the Jennies, you hear that the the rumor has spread far and wide. It was very easy as Caroline Nisois is a somewhat of a of a uh, lightning rod for gossip. The equivalent of sort of royalty in this town. And uh, the report you hear back uh, about the, uh, the woman in the employ of the headmaster was that she's a criminal who was sentenced to death by the Inquisition um, and then uh, at the last moment pulled out of the fire when she repented and swore to uh, serve the headmaster for two years in any way that he saw fit. So the next morning, uh, you awake early. Actually, the two of you, uh, Kirill and Bastian, uh, they tell the both of you, creepily in unison, that uh, your uh, uh, the tournament awaits your arrival. I am already dressed and ready. And uh, the the pages uh, wait for you to get dressed and then escort you uh, to the castle with whomever you would like to bring with you. Uh, of course, uh, your parents are already there seated in the front row. <laughs> uh, your mother has a huge bunch of roses that she's just like waiting to throw. And uh, she's wearing, a, she's wearing a, a very like cute like hat bonnet thing with a with a rose on it. Uh, she looks very nice. These are her like church going clothes. Of course. Yeah. And uh, your father put on a vest, which is pretty great <laughs> for him. <laughs> and and you guys are are told the rules uh, along with the other eighteen competitors, a number of whom you Bastian know. Uh, yes. Uh, uh... Who who do I recognize? And is uh, is Mateo's father around? Uh, yes, 
Mateo's father is there. Sheet. <laughs> As is Roland. Somewhat unexpectedly. Uh, he drank heavily last night, but somehow procured a token between then and now. <laughs> he could win the festival every year if he really tried. <laughs> uh, Henri Masson, uh, your sometime friend, is also there. And uh, to your chagrin, Felipe Santiago is also amongst the uh, competitors. Uh, Isabel is not participating? Uh, Isabel is not amongst the competitors. Uh, as I go around shaking the hands of the other duelists, uh, as is tradition, um, when I get to Felipe Santiago, uh, I'm shaking his hand and I say, uh, it is unfortunate uh, that they have not stamped out Kerr like you from participating in such a prestigious event. You stain this, this tournament with your reputation, smuggler. This is a little mean, don't you think? <laughs> I thought you were a man of honor and the repose. And... Oh, no. The main thing about dueling is getting under your opponent's skin. <gasps> this day is going to be fun. <laughs> How often do you make it this far in the tournament, Best John? Uh, it varies from year to year. Uh, it is not the first time. I believe I have, I have made it to, uh, to this stage of the tournament uh, over a dozen times. But uh, uh, the competitors here are fierce and not to be underestimated. And I, I suppose I tell Kiro a little bit about them. I tell him about uh, Henri Masson. Uh, he, is, uh, he is a skilled duelist, duelist if inconsistent. Uh, and Felipe Santiago fights as dirty as a pirate. So you should be keen to uh, uh, his strategies. Um, and I mean, you saw with your own eyes uh, uh, Mateo's father. He's a force to be reckoned with. What, the man in white, yes. He seemed very fast. Very oh, and Roland Blackwell. Uh, if he wants to beat you, he'll beat you. <laughs> I like this man. <laughs> I do not think I would mind being beaten. Also, uh, Jimena Perez is there. Oh, shit. From, from the Inquisition? I don't... I, oh, the, it is very tense when I shake her hand. I do not say anything. <laughs> I grin widely. She acts as if... Uh, She's never met you before. That makes sense. Uh, so you're, you are briefed on the rules after all the uh, greetings and handshakes. You're all split into four groups of five in a round-robin tournament. Uh, everyone will fight four rounds, uh, and uh, they cut to the top two in each group after the round-robin. From there, it's a sing single el elimination of top eight. The winner will win three rounds uh, and they become the Espada de Castile. So you're sorted into different uh, round robin groups. Oof. Let's see how you do. We'll say you'll say your approaches and then we'll roll. If you uh, win the initiative, then you uh, w uh, win uh, the, the rounds. Uh, yes, I will. Uh, I will use my uh, my signature duelist style to fight with okay. my sword. Jimena uh, is in your group. Let's see if I can eliminate her. Okay. I have four raises with three remainders. You lose to Jimena, but she's by far the uh, best in the bracket. Uh, so let's see how you do against the others. I have five raises with one remainder. Uh, you soundly beat uh, a gentleman from Aizen with a, a, a two-handed sword. One more. Uh, six raises with one remainder. You soundly beat a uh, 
gentleman from uh, the Sarmatian Commonwealth who uh, has a has a very interesting hybrid style. Um, he fights with a with a stiletto, but doesn't use the stiletto fi- fighting style. Uh, and you, while you're thrown off balance for a moment, once you figure out what he's doing, he's easy enough to dispatch. And then there's a a woman from your uh, you're up against, and she uh, she seems to be trying to use kind of like what little terrain there is to her advantage. Um, as she, she moves quickly, but doesn't necessarily have the discipline you might f- hope for. Uh, I have six raises with two remainders. So uh, you, it doesn't take you long to uh, beat this woman, but you can see why she made it this far in the tournament. Um, using the natural terrain of the streets, especially in like a wide-ranging duel, uh, she would certainly be a formidable opponent. Uh, however, uh, in the flat pack of the, col- of the, of the castle grounds, there's really uh, nothing for her to take advantage of, and, uh, and you um, dispatch her quickly. I, uh, I salute all of my opponents after we are done, except for Jimena. To her, I give a, a stately nod and bow. Uh, and she does the same. Uh, so you and Jimena make the top two on the cut. Yeah, while, while these duels are happening, uh, as much as I want to watch my father, and I will, but I, I do want to duck out in the moment. Is Isabel here? Yes. I want to see if I can, um, in one of like the hallways, like get her attention and get her to... like. Talk to me for a second, like while everyone is distracted. Sure, there's a there's a box um, mm. for the the grand marshal and the headmaster and a few other officiants. And uh, uh, Caroline is is uh, sitting in the box as her father's uh, guest, and uh, Isabel is standing in the back of the, of the, of the box. You could easily talk to her either through the curtain, um, or, uh, like poke your, poke your head in and without garnering too much attention. Yes. That through the curtain, that's exactly what I want. I think, I think I will like tap her through the curtain. Uh, sure. So you, um, do you say anything like, uh, whisper Um, anything? Isabel, if the Emerald Heart is still broken, we are no friends of the Inquisition. We are leaving. If you do not wish to be here, you can come with us. We do not stay in Odysseus, and Bastion is fond of you. Uh, she she sort of talks through the side of her mouth, trying to trying to not garner any attention. Um, she talks like speaks over her shoulder to you. I think you've overestimated uh, his feelings. He's a man of honor, and um, your uh, sentence here is unjust. And if there is a reason that you should not be serving this man, we should know it. Uh, maybe not here. Maybe not now. But maybe here and now. <laughs> she uh, sidles through the back curtain as a particularly exciting moment where Kirill punches the guy <laughs> in the face, just clocks him, and he just is knocked out. <clears throat> How do you not see this coming? He's all I do, whole tournament. <laughs> and um, uh, she steps out and she says, Unjust or not, there's not a lot of things. You, there's not very far you can run if you're not welcome in your home country and you're sought after by the Inquisition. This is my only escape except for potentially Aragosta. We have a ship. It will need to be during the celebration. It's the only time, I think. Then we will take that under consideration. Uh, we'll be in contact. 
She. I always know where to find you, as you've noticed. She sort of nods, still gives you a little bit of like side eye because that's her way, and uh, and uh, steps back in uh, to attention um, in the box. Yeah, I jump. I jump down. Carol. Uh, Roland and you have a wonderful fight where he keeps on smacking you with the flat of his blade. <laughs> well, he is cheeky bastard. Um, I like him. Uh, and you lose, and it feels good. And then Felipe uh, stabs you a little harder than you think should be allowed. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and you lose to him, and it doesn't feel so nice. This is the man Bastion worried about. I do not like this man. Um, and you soundly lose both stools uh, and unfortunately make it third in the bracket. Oh, I had fun. Uh, so the morning is filled with the, the round robin groups. And Bastian, you hear the, uh, the names called out of, of the top eight um, right before uh, the uh, break for uh, the midday meal. Hello and welcome to today's events. I'm Guy Finnegan, and this is the Festival de, uh, de Espadas. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, today we've got with us uh, Jimena Perez, Bastian Corazon, Roland Blackwell, Felipe Santiago, Henri Mason, Samerspell, Uli Metiova, and Sherston Mikkelsen. I'm sorry for anyone whose name I mispronounced. I've got a really thick accent. <laughs> <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll see you all back here very soon for the commencement of the tournament proper. Yay! <laughs> I go over to uh, Goodbrand and uh, my mother and father. Uh, I, I hug my mother and father and Goodbrand. Uh, and I say, this is it. This will be the year. I feel it. You are on point. You're uh, you're dueling. I, I've never seen you uh, so precise. It has been uh, it has been a very productive year and in studying this craft. Congratulations, Pasian. I I look uh, to Matteo. Um, my my smile only falters just a minute, uh, and I I say, uh, uh, "Gracias, Matteo. Your father. He is here." Yes. Uh, were you able to see him work? I was unable to focus uh, as I was fighting myself. I was. If you are to face him, you have your work cut out for you. I do not know if I can achieve it a second time, especially because now he knows what to expect. Uh, he is he is certainly the one I am most worried about. Unless Roland has decided that he do, he just wants to have the the sword of Castile again. Did you did you see him? I was trying to catch him for the for the midday meal. I thought maybe we could have lunch together, but has he disappeared again? I look around for him. He's here. Then I will definitely approach him. I see why you like this tournament, Best John. It is very enjoyable. Yes, uh, uh, you, you did actually pretty well uh, for a man who has not studied dueling and is not using a sword. <laughs> yes, I surprise myself sometimes. <laughs> I hope you win. I will. Because you owe me for the dragon, I son. I, I like sit there rigidly for a second. Yes, Capitan. <laughs> Although I admit I will be very upset if you are beat by Jimena again. You will not happen. I should hope not. I'm still a, a little bit hurt by her actions. I will make it right. How many of those do you have, Father? I say, I, I, pull, I pull his, I like gently tug his cape. Only a few. Hmm. How are you? I am well, Father. It is good to see you again. I... 
I missed you the last time. <laughs> you have a knack for disappearing acts. It is a skill of mine, to be sure. One I wish I had sometimes. It is the break for the midday meal. Uh, were you taking it alone, or may I come with you? Today is a day of fasting for me, but I, I'm, happy, I'm happy to sit with you while you take your meal. No, perhaps we can just talk then. Uh, please. We go somewhere. You, you, you stroll around the um, castle promenade. I, I ask him, like, incessant questions about, like, Ashur and, and where he comes from and, like, what he does. And, uh, like, while I have some idea of the kind of man he is from watching him fight, I, it has been 16 years since he has uh, been, since he has been around or since I've seen him, I guess. <laughs> um, I, and I want to get a feel for for who he is. He tells you of his homeworld and also his life previously and your family in Ashur, whom love you dearly if they have never seen you. He completely disregards your question about what he does now. <laughs> and uh, you get the feeling that he, good man, who's very careful with his words mm -hmm. and his emotions. And do you come to the Festival of Swords every year? Yes. It has been a while then since you won. I do not always participate. I am most times here on business. As it, ha as it happens, I am here on business as well. I wonder if you might help me in a certain enterprise of mine. Of course, I can never repay what I've left you bereft of, but... Uh, it was not your fault, of course. What is it? There is a woman here unjustly indentured by the Inquisition to uh, a man whose intentions I do not trust, but I don't yet have the evidence to support such, a, such an accusation. I do not trust Marcel Nissois, the headmaster of the university, and... Um, I do not trust the way in which he uses uh, Isabel, uh, his daughter's bodyguard. You may have heard that I am in pursuit of, uh, uh, of his daughter. This is a means to an end. Believe me, I know treacherous paths when I see them. It is how I found you were here, the rumors. Ah, well, I am glad they have drawn at least one of, uh, <laughs> of uh, the people I seek to find here to Castile. And now that I found you, I, I am very glad to know that the the noble stock I, I seem to come from, although I regret if my choice of a different path disappoints you. Not at all. The path of swords is not the only honorable path. I can see what I can do for you and your friend. Niswa is a man of great influence. I would consider him a valuable ally or a terrible enemy well i do not wish to make him my enemy unless he uh, i do not wish to make him my enemy unless unless he has something villainous in hand but i wish to uh investigate the circumstances of um ms McAllister's indenture information is something i can help you with i will uh see what i can do when i am not as busy as this it is personally my favorite commodity then the apple does not 
necessarily fall too far from the tree. I smile. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Festival de Espadas. Uh, please uh, make your way back to the castle as soon as possible, uh, for we are about to begin. Excuse me. Ah, your cue. I will be there to cheer for you until you fight Bastian, and then I am not sure. May the best duelist win. Uh, he salutes you with a flourish uh, and, uh, and walks away. When no one is around, I do a little dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so uh, do you guys join Bastian's parents in, in the stands? Yes, I think so. I do. Uh, I sit in front row, much to the chagrin of at least four rows behind Carol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I'm with Bastian's parents. The competition's brackets uh, sets you, Bastian, against uh, Uli Metiova. Okay. She's a Nusurin with a gauntlet. Ah. Um, Another puncher. Yes. Uh, as I walk into the ring, I will salute her, and then I will turn to uh, the uh, uh, balcony or stand where um, the headmaster and Jersemi uh, and presumably Isabel is, uh, and I will salute to Jersemi and uh, the headmaster, but I will not break eye contact with Isabel. Okay. Uh, you feel as if that's noted by a certain redhead. Uh, I have eight raises with two remainders. Uh, sure. Would you like to narrate uh, how you win this duel? I have uh, I have actually fought a duelist uh, using uh, this this Usuran style before. Uh, so I draw her in as she is wont to do, uh, and when she uh, gets in close, I focus on my footwork because uh, duelists of this style need a more strong foundation. Uh, and they cannot keep up with the faster footwork of a fencer. Uh, and uh, I, I get around her, and uh, when she opens herself up, overextending to try and keep, uh, try and actually co- make contact with me, uh, I will uh, cut her across the thigh. And uh, even though you came in second in your uh, in your round robin, you're still the favorite in this um, group. And uh, with your with a quick flash, uh, you've drawn blood, and uh, the the match is over almost as quickly as it started. I will salute to her. Uh, she salutes back. And I will bow to my mother. <laughs> she waves and throws a rose. Are you catch it. <laughs> While you are walking off, uh, there's a, a, the next duel comes out, and it is uh, Felipe Santiago and Samash. Uh, and... Um, there's, uh, as you're walking away, uh, like off, uh, out of the arena, um, you hear a <gasps> from the crowd, uh, and, uh, Felipe has like thrown dust, picked up sand and thrown it into, uh, Samash's, uh, face, which, uh, staggers Samash. Um, and he sort of centers, uh, Samash centers himself as, uh, uh, Felipe uh, comes at him with a lunge uh, and as he does um, Samash also lunges and uh, but uh, Samash arcs his body in a way uh, to um, avoid the what looked like a fatal blow um, from Felipe uh, and draws blood from his opponent. There's a whistle as the match ends, as because there's blood drawn, and uh, uh, a few moments later, Guy Finnegan's voice comes out 
and says, um, under the rules of, of the tournament, um, Felipe Santiago has uh, received a lifetime ban for uh, cheating. He is disqualified from the match. Samash Bell's match win stands, uh, and we will continue the competition. Yay! <laughs> I make sure to, uh, to wave goodbye to Felipe as he is escorted away. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. I stand next to Gubrand as I do it, so Gubrand can, can go as well. <laughs> Did you see that move? He leaped like salmon. <laughs> And uh, Sherston Mickelson uh, beats Jimena Perez, uh, and Roland handily beats Henri Messon. That makes sense. The two are friends, though, so it's it's jovial. Like he's kind of your frenemy, but like Roland's doesn't have an, enough cares to like hold a grudge. Right. <laughs> well fought, Blackwell. Carol only loses two winners. <laughs> uh, the the next match, Bastion, that comes to you is versus Roland. I'm ear to ear smiling. Uh, so you face off, and you make a good show of it before you actually start fighting. The the two of you have done this before in many a uh, uh, many a festival, and uh, and the crowd is actually pretty excited to see it uh you you guys always kind of make a good show and and at the turn um when you guys begin to actually uh compete you do your leap cutting his uh his the cloth on his uh collar just a little bit and uh then he puts up his sword uh against yours and like locks swords with you and he winks and says i'm thirsty (laughs) <laughs> and he takes two steps back into what you know is a very open pose, but is like only to the person who knows what they're looking at. Only a fighter looking at him from your perspective would know that he's he's done with the competition. <laughs> he's he's thirsty. He wants to he wants to sit down. I understand. Uh, I give him what he wants. Uh, I dodge around his, uh, his inevitable attack and uh, he whispers not the face <laughs> <laughs> and I give him a slight cut on his forearm uh, and he goes oh oh no <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, jolly good job my friend Bastian Corazon everyone <laughs> Bastian I swear they do this every single tournament <laughs> <laughs> and uh Next is uh, Sherston and Samash, and Samash does very well against Sherston. Um, they look to be, uh, uh, he, he looks to change his stance to match hers and beats her, not quickly, but thoroughly. Uh, the final match, the one for the, the purse, as it were, uh, is uh, you and Samash. I, I prepare myself, make sure, uh, uh, you know, adjust my gloves, adjust uh, my, my belt, make sure everything is locked down. Uh, this might be the hardest fight I've ever had, uh, and also the furthest I've ever made it in the festival. Um, and so I, I try to stomach my nerves, uh, and I can't, I can't even look at Matteo. <laughs> Good friend goes down to the corner of the ring and uh, uh, does the kind of, you know, boxing coach thing. Uh, it grabs him by the shoulders, gives him a little shoulder up, saying, you have been training for this your entire life. You have 39, 38 years of experience behind you. You have two styles mastered and countless styles that you've been working on you have the moves you have the talent you can do this bastian i believe in you and if your brother believes in you 
Anyone can be new. I, uh, I give Gulbrand a hug. And then I slap his face, <laughs> and I feel very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was for, but if it helps. Uh, and I, I turn uh, confident towards uh, Shamash. Samash, up to this point, has been fighting with a rapier. Uh, but for you, he comes out uh, with two uh, daggers, and uh, with, with like a slight curve to them. And he, he goes... Uh, you inspired me. Uh, I see that he has changed his style, and due to the fact that I uh, showed him my uh, my salmon leap, and he will expect as much, I feel it is uh, prudent for me to change my style as well. Uh, I turn to uh, Roland, who has already taken a seat and is drinking. He is heavily in his cups already. Uh, I'd be like, Roland, your blade. Oh, of course. He just like throws it to you without even a second thought. Yeah, and I, I catch it, and I uh, wielding two swords, I uh, take the pose of uh, Gudbrand's mother's fighting style, the Leagstra. Excellent. Let's roll. Okay. Uh, you do know that the uh, final uh, competition goes until someone yields, not to first blood. Bastian, how many raises do you have? I have ten raises with two remainders. It's your first go. Okay. I will start with a bash. I will uh, I will drop the swords uh, downwards and run towards him. And as I get to him, I raise them both up to uh, make his, uh, to catch his guard and knock it upwards so I can like shoulder charge him and put him off balance with a bash. Dealing one wound and next time he attacks, he deals four last wounds. Okay. Uh, it is your move again. Uh, I will follow that up with a uh, slash. Uh, to deal four wounds to him. As uh, as in fluid motion, raising it up and shoulder charging him, I immediately bring one of the swords across his chest. He, uh, at the last moment with his knives, deflects uh, some of your slash and, and the cut isn't nearly so bad. Sure. It is back to you. And then I will uh, uh, spend another raise uh, as uh, uh, doing using the aggressive Leekstra style I learned from uh, Jerstemi. Uh, I uh, follow that one slash, bringing up both axes, and I do a, a Leekstra crash maneuver uh, to deal four more wounds to him. Uh, he seems um, unexpectedly put off by this change in style of yours. He certainly wasn't ready for it. It's, it's much less uh, precise and way more aggressive than my usual style. Uh, and he seems to be stunned, uh, and uh, you have an opening for another move. Uh, I will follow the Leekstra crash up with another slash. Which is four more. Which is four more wounds. Okay. So uh, he f it feels like he's gotten a handle on what you're doing now. Uh, and he finally uh, catches your blade in the slash uh, and, and reposts. How? But your bash still applies. So he deals four less wounds. So he deals one wound, but negates all of yours for that, last, for that slash. Uh, having broken my momentum, I stumble back and reassume uh, my stance. Uh, it is your turn. Ashur, watch out for these fate. <laughs> uh, I will try to get him off balance again. Uh, this time, um, sweeping, uh, turning my back to him, sweeping around my right side uh, as if to slash him that way uh, so that he focuses on that. Um, and in my reverse lunge uh, position, my back leg will hook under his front leg 
and pull him forward and off balance. It's a bash? It's a bash. Okay. So one wound to him, and next time he deals wounds, he will deal four less wounds. <laughs> okay. He is learning from my mother. <laughs> so he slashes you? I did leave myself open. Uh, so that's one more wound? That's one more wound. Uh, so um, he, uh, you leave yourself open, and with uh, two... Uh, Quick flicks of the blade. He uh, of the blades. He he uh, manages to catch some of your your uh, clothes. Uh, so uh, I will uh, uh, using this this maneuver as a trick. I did learn from Jersemi. Uh, the one sword works uh, to distract them. Your foot works to put them off balance, and your second sword works to catch their their uh, counter attack. So my left hand uh, swings around catching his daggers as I repost. I, I pull them up uh, to leave um, my right hand open to uh, deal four more wounds to him. So uh, seeing seeing you sort of open yourself up in this in this like onslaught of attacks, he uh, is able to uh, get purchased with a, a really uh, solid uh, blow in a move that you've never seen before, and he lands it, cutting you in a in a way that while the motion was smooth, the wound is is like jagged and uh, begins to like bleed from your doublet. I uh, I stumble back. Uh, at first thinking it was a minor wound, but starting to feel like quickly as the blood starts flowing down my leg. I will, uh, I will move into a, another slash. Okay. As you do, you take a wound from the bleeding uh, wound you have, uh, you just received, and uh, he's going to parry you. And uh, you're unable to make purchase at all. Uh, but it is uh, your turn again. Okay. I think I can take another hit from him. Uh, so I will uh, open myself up with the feint. Okay. Uh, uh, and as I do, I take another wound from this laceration. Uh, yes. I swing both swords up as if going. I'm going to make a double strike down. Uh, and as he tries to raise up, I uh, break my attack off to the side to try and cut across uh, his, his stomach. But I have not gotten that far yet. I have just done the feint to make him open himself up. Uh, uh, so he goes up to uh, parry your feint, uh, but you've already brought the swords around. He, he sees that, and uh, he uh, uses his fists uh, to, like, punch you in the shoulders and bash you uh, so that you have to take a step back. Getting hit like that, I realize I'm not going to be able to catch purchase with my swords, uh, so I will uh, try to, uh, uh, like, stop that momentum backwards uh, sooner than he would think as he advances and try to headbutt him uh, with a bash maneuver. And you take a wound, don't you? I do. I take a wound every time I do something. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. From that just gaping wound I you feel, have. I feel as, uh, as I'm getting more and more uh, faint, uh, this fight needs to end soon. He feels the same uh, and he lunges. How many wounds is that? Uh, I think it's six. Oh no, it's seven. It's seven. Okay, uh, so he lunges and digs his dagger into me. Yes. Uh, I am now one wound away from my third dramatic wound. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I do an action, I hit my third dramatic wound <laughs> as I am bleeding horribly. Uh, having reserved my slash for the, uh, uh, for the opportune moment, um, I will uh, pull in as he is stabbing me. And, uh, and try to uh, uh, run my blades uh, along, both of my blades along his left leg. 
uh, to give him a, a good slash across the thigh. You do, uh, and he drops to one knee as that happens, and uh, he cries out, Yield! I immediately step back, and I think I stumble and fall to one knee for a second, uh, catching myself with the point of <laughs> Roland's sword. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and then push myself back up, uh, and I will uh, uh, I will hold both swords in one hand and reach out a hand uh, to take his and help him up. Uh, so as you do, there's sort of like, he yells, like the cheering and everything had gotten like, very quiet. It's rare that a duel, even in the last rounds, goes this far. Typically, someone as injured as either of you will have yielded at this point. <laughs> and so um, it, it got very quiet. The yield sort of like echoed throughout the, the like the, the arena. Uh, and uh, for a moment, it's just silent. And then you uh, get back up and you uh, reach to... Uh, to help Samash up and uh, the like whole stadium goes wild. It's like, yeah. As soon as he takes Bastion, my hand. As soon as he takes my hand, I will raise his fist up with mine uh, and, and, uh, uh, and then let go and uh, kneel before him in like a full on uh, like bow, putting both swords in front of me uh, and like, uh, lowering my head and then stand up and do a duelist salute. Uh, he uh, salutes you as best he can. He's very injured. <laughs> uh, as he is very injured uh, and uh, the duel is over and you are uh, La Espada de Castile. He did it! He finally did it! <laughs> Mama! Papa! Gubran! I did it! <laughs> uh, I'm like jumping up and down holding his mother. Uh, I've never <laughs> been so excited about anything in my life. I spend a hero point for leadership advantage and inspire group to rush the stadium and carry him on shoulders. The students rush the field. <laughs> uh, yeah, the and uh, everyone rushes onto the field, picks Bastion and Samash up, uh, and uh, lower but they still pick some ash up and um and they carry you into uh the throne room they give you a crown and a pin and like a a, a scepter uh and uh you are are treated like royalty for the the night of the feast uh and that's where we'll end our session bestion 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 this podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions, all rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by John Wick Presents. 7C is a trademark of John Wick Presents. For more information, go to www.johnwickpresents.com.